Hello, and welcome back to our Transmission by Truth podcast feature week. Seven days dedicated to sharing the foundation of our transformation process. My name is D.L. Anderson. I'm the founder of Pinnacle Holiness Ministries and the chief officer of this podcast. Now, today, my friends, is a good day because today we are wrapping up this powerful feature week. And we're going to make a call to action at the end that will change your life forever if the Spirit leads you. Now, I'm really excited that you have continued with me these past seven days. And one day in the future, you're going to recall them as seven of the most important days of your life. I know because they are also seven of the most important days of mine. Now, if you're ready, we're going to move forward with day seven of this feature week. Let's get started. Now, I would be remiss if I not remind everyone that this podcast has been created by the wonderful men and women of Pinnacle of Holiness Ministries, a ministry dedicated to revealing the legendary path known as the way of holiness. Isaiah 35, 8 reveals, and the highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. Now, as you learned in the podcast from yesterday, the way of holiness is the bridge that leads to perfection. And perfection, my friends, is a door that leads to everlasting life. Thus, you will find me talking about holiness from now until then. Now, without further ado, I want to commence our feature presentation and intro to Pinnacle of Holiness Ministries and our Transmission by Truth podcast, Day 7. Now, the title of today's podcast is Who We Are, Our Destiny. The objectives are the truth concerning predestination, the law of human free will, what it means to be chosen, our destiny, why at this time, and the next step. Now, let's begin with the truth concerning predestination. Many are called, but few are chosen. Who will be chosen? Now, by definition, predestination is a spiritual model which reveals the eternal destinies of all that has been created has already been determined. From the beginning, each matter has been decided and foreordained, and each was and is waiting to be manifested at this appointed time. Now, Ecclesiastes 1.9 reads, What has been is what shall be. What has been done is what shall be done. And there is no new matter under the sun. Now, Ecclesiastes 1.9 is one of many verses in the Bible written from the divine perspective of the eternal beginning. Thus, when Solomon says, what has been done is what shall be done, he was speaking from the eternal omniscient perspective of Elohim. Now, Psalm 139, 2-4 reads, You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought from afar. You sift my path and my lying down and know well all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but see, O Yahuwah, you know it all. Great is our master and mighty in power. There is no limit to his understanding. That's Psalm 147, 5. And 1 John 3, 18 to 20 reads, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. 
And by this, we know that we are of the truth. And so set our hearts at rest before him, that if our heart condemns us, Elohim is greater than our heart and knows all. Isaiah 46, 9 through 11 reads, Remember the former events of old, for I am El, and there is no one else. Elohim, and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from of old that which has not yet been done, saying, My counsel does stand, and all my delight I do. Indeed, I have spoken it, I also bring it to pass. I have planned it, I also do it. Moving on, I want to discuss now the eternal omniscience of Elohim. Now, when Elohim says, I have planned it, I also do it, he is confirming the creation was planned before it was set in motion. And because the plan is perfect, Elohim will execute the plan as he designed it before the beginning. Jeremiah 29, 11-12 reads, for I know the plans I am planning for you, declares Yahuwah, plans of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and an expectancy. Then you shall call on me and shall come and pray to me, and I shall listen to you. Now in Jeremiah 29, Elohim not only confirms he knows the plan and he is the author of the plan, he goes on to tell his people what the plan is. That is, his people will call on him and pray to him, and he, at the point in time, will listen to them. Now, this is aligned with Ecclesiastes 1.9, which reveals, there is no unknown matter under the sun. For this line was written with regards to the eternal omniscience of Elohim. Truly, nothing is unknown to him. All things are laid bare before him and are part of his master plan. Hebrews 4, 12 to 13 reads, For the word of Elohim is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting through even the, to the dividing of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all are naked and laid bare before the eyes of him with whom is our account. Now Ecclesiastes 3.15 reads, that which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and Elohim requires that which is past. Now, to rephrase Ecclesiastes 3.15, Elohim's master plan for creation is transpiring at the present, and simultaneously, his master plan has already occurred. Now, time is the equivalent of a circle, bookended by the eternal future and the eternal past. And man's progressive realization of an evolution into time is delineated by an advancing point being drawn towards the conclusion of the circle in a boundless line that forever reaches out into a distant, never-ending future in a reality which is never broken. Let's now discuss the law of human free will. Now, the sum of this matter proves that predestination, contrary to popular Christian doctrine, is not aligned with any dogma that suggests the Father has willed for some souls to inherit everlasting life and for others to die an endless death. 
Second Peter 3, 9 reads, Yahuwah is not slow in regard to his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Here's a question. If it's not the Father's will that any should perish, why are so many dying without salvation? The answer, because these men and women are choosing to follow a path outside the realm of salvation, and thus they are choosing endless death. Now, whereas Christianity's erroneous interpretation of predestination contradicts the law of human free will, the truth I am revealing shows how predestination and free will are mutually inclusive. You can't have one without the other and simultaneously establish the credibility and fairness of the judgment. Just think about it. If the Father subjectively chose the eternal future of every soul apart from the objective lining of free will, and prior to creation, it would be impossible for him in this faulty model to preside over the judgment in fairness and impartiality. Now, the aforementioned objective lining of the judgment is, in fact, the realization of free will, which is actualized during this life and manifested by the choices we make. And said choices are the basis on which all mankind will be evaluated at the judgment. Now, where there lacks the ability to choose, there exists no free will. Thus, where there is the inherent power of choice, there's also free will. And we see this clearly with regards to the race of man. Now, these matters prove that predestination does not involve the father fixing the outcome of the judgment in every event that will happen in its time. Rather, it reveals the father by his omniscience is familiar with the choices we are going to make. He knows them. This truth proves that our judgment is contingent to the choices we make, whether to follow the way of holiness or to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We are the persons of interest. Now, here's a question. How do we marry this analysis with the fact the word truth clearly states, many are called, but few are chosen? The answer, we must first analyze what it means to be chosen. Now, that said, let's move forward to analyze what it means to be chosen. Once again, it's all about choices. Now, Matthew 20, 16 reads, Thus, the last shall be first, and the first last, for many are called, but few chosen. Verse 2.9 reads, But you are a chosen family, a royal priesthood, a set-apart nation, a people for a possession, that you should proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Revelation 17.12 and 14, And the ten horns which thou saw, are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Now, as you can clearly see, our choices will determine where we spend eternity. 
for our choices determine our spiritual quality and this quality determines our eternal future. Therefore, our choices will determine whether or not we are chosen. Now, this is aligned with the law of human free will, which reveals that freedom of choice is not merely a gifted power, it is also an innate responsibility. We are accountable for all our actions and we must give an account at the judgment. There will be a day of reckoning. Romans 14, 10 through 12 reads, but why do you judge your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we shall all stand for the judgment seat of Messiah. For it has been written, as I live, says Yahuwah, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to Elohim. Each one of us, therefore, shall give account of himself to Elohim. Now, here's the question. Knowing you must give an account to Elohim, how do you position yourself to be chosen to inherit eternal life at the judgment? The answer, by making choices that are aligned with the Father's will during this life, for these will facilitate your transformation into the spiritual model of his only brought forth son. The equation cannot be any simpler. If we choose to walk in obedient faith to the Father's will, he will choose us to be elected to his kingdom. On the other hand, if you do not make choices aligned with the Father's will, he will not choose you to be elected to his kingdom. It's as simple as that. Here again, this is not because you didn't have a choice, but rather it's because you made your choice. Now, the sum of this analysis proves the power and the potential to be chosen lies squarely on our shoulders and securely in our hands. For everyone who has been called has potential to be chosen. All you have to do is, in effect, choose to be chosen by following the way of holiness. Joshua 24, 15 reads, And if it seems evil in your eyes to serve Yahuwah, choose for yourselves this day whom you're going to serve, whether the mighty ones which your father served that were beyond the river or the mighty ones of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But I and my house, we serve Yahuwah. Here's a question. How can you distinguish between those who have been called from those who have been chosen during this life? The answer, by their fruit, the sum of their actions and their words. Now, moving on, let's discuss choosing everlasting life over death. What kind of fruit are you bearing? Matthew 3, 8-10 reads, Bear therefore fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as father. For I say to you that Elohim is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones, and the axe is already laid to the root of the trees. Every tree then, which does not bear good fruit, is cut down and thrown to the fire. By their fruits you shall know them. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? or figs from thistles. So every good tree yields good fruit, but a rotten tree yields wicked fruit. A good tree is unable to yield wicked fruit and a rotten tree to yield good fruit. And that's Matthew 7, 16 through 18. Now in line with this passage, 
it's not possible for a rotten tree to yield good fruit. And so we must not evaluate men and women by a single act or a presumed good work. Rather, we should allow each matter to play itself out and for each one to show their true hand. Now, remember the parable of the wheat and the tares and how the tares at first glimpse look very similar to the wheat, yet they are poisonous and unable to bear good fruit. See Matthew 13, 24 through 40 as a witness. Now, Matthew 7, 19 to 20 reads, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then by their fruits, you shall know them. Now, trees and this passage are symbolic of men. Thus, we conclude that every man or woman who does not bear good fruit by making good choices in this life will be cut down and thrown into the lake of fire, which is the second and final death. Heretofore, if you desire to avoid the eternal tragedy of the lost, you must use the powers of the Spirit to overcome the wide array of forces that are working to keep you outside of the Father's will and on one of the many paths that lead to endless death. Let's now discuss our destiny, a ministry for the chosen elect. Romans 8.29 reads, because those who he knew beforehand, he also ordained beforehand to be conformed to the image of his son, for him to be the firstborn among many brothers. And whom he ordained beforehand, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also declared right. And whom he declared right, these he also esteemed. Now, this is why I continually stress that our ministry is not for everyone. We are not talking to, to just anybody, and we're not trying to reach everybody. Our desire is simply to reach the men and women the Father has drawn to join us in our quest for holiness, perfection, and everlasting life. Now, at this time, I want to discuss the topic, why at this time? A voice crying in a spiritual wilderness, the end is near. Now, the Spirit has revealed to me this truth. We are drawing very near to the end of this age, and we should consider the time we have left as the waning moments of the final hour of man's day. I can state with certainty and spiritual authority that the day of the Lord is near. We are going to witness it in our lifetime. All over the world, the stage is being set even now. The calamities we have seen are merely birth pains and the beginning of many sorrows. And by the end of it, only a small population of the world will remain. And we are being sealed by the Spirit even now. Now, the seal of the Spirit is the only protection we will have from all the evil which has been licensed and predestinated to raise our world to the point where only a small population will be left. And that is the goal, to remove the ones doing lawlessness from the earth. You can see Matthew 13, 36 to 42 as a witness. 
Now, Zephaniah 1.3 reads, I snatch away man and beast. I snatch away the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea and the stumbling blocks with the wrong when I shall cut off man from the face of the earth, declares Yahuwah. Isaiah 24, 4-5 reads, The earth shall mourn and wither, the world shall languish and wither, the haughty people of the earth shall languish. For the earth hath been defiled under its inhabitants, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse shall consume the earth, and those who dwell in it be punished. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth shall be burned, and few men shall be left. Get that. Few men shall be left. Now, the reign of Yahushua Messiah will follow the day of the Lord, which is why all those who do not spiritually qualify themselves will be killed during the years leading up to this reign. It's because this reign and that world will be nothing like the reigns in the world we see today. However, those of us who are walking in truth can rest assured, having the seal of the Spirit, Elohim has his eyes on us, and he will protect us during these dangerous times. Now, Ephesians 4, 29 to 30 reads, Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for the use of building up, so as to impart what is pleasant to the hearers. And do not grieve the set-apart spirit of Elohim, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. 2 Timothy 2.19 reads, However, the solid foundation of Elohim stands firm, having this seal, Yahuwah knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Messiah turn away from unrighteousness. But in a large house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some unto value and some unto no value. If then anyone cleanses himself from these matters, he shall be a vessel unto value, having been set apart of good use to the master, having been prepared for every good work. Now, these passages that reveal why I'm such a huge proponent of perfection and holiness and why I passionately hate sin. It's because we cannot be engaged in any manner of sin and simultaneously be sealed. And if we are not sealed, we are going to die forever. As the scriptures tell, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's 1 Corinthians 5, 6, Galatians 5, 9. Thus, even a minor infraction will keep you from being sealed. For the word of truth assures us that if we do sin, our sin will find us out. See Numbers 32, 23 for that reference. Now, to make it definitely clear to all, I'll provide a list of the primary manners in which men and women sin. Avoid them if you want to be sealed. Now, first is committing sin. That's the illicit transgression of the Father's will. There's sin omission, which is failing to guard the Father's commands due to willful ignorance. Iniquity, which is the pursuit of righteousness outside the Father's divine order. 
and there's lawlessness, which is operating outside the Father's will altogether. Now, a major part of our commission is to facilitate the sealing of those who have been called to this ministry and are choosing to be chosen. Now, this will in many ways be an underground movement and that this message is not going to get the attention it merits. But it was prophesied to be this way. Matthew 24, 37 to 39 reads, And as the days of Noah, so also shall the coming of the son of Adam be. For as they were in the days before the flood, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also shall the coming of the son of Adam be. Now, perhaps now it's clear why this is not a growth ministry. As you can clearly see, we are focused on ministering to those who have been predestinated to be sealed. All others, due to their choices, will not be sealed, and thus there is nothing we can do for them. Not even our prayers can be used to change their fate, for there will come a time when the sealing is over. You will still be alive but the opportunity to be saved will have come and gone. Therefore, I implore you, if you have continued with us for these seven days and the Spirit is convicting you even now, get ready to take the next step, the biggest, most important step you will ever take. Now, the Father has directed me to take his chosen ones on a quest in 2022, a quest for holiness, perfection, and everlasting life. Now, each week in 2022, I'm going to post a video podcast five days each week, Monday through Friday, lecturing on the five highest peaks of scriptural theology and the seven pillars of our faith. The 12 most critical scriptural topics associated with manifesting the Father's will and ensuring we are sealed. Now, unlike this feature week, in which I drop a world of information on your laps, the daily video podcasts in 2022 are going to be shorter, focusing on smaller objectives and measurable goals to keep you moving forward in your personal quest. Now, here's the most important part. Every video podcast and every week builds off the one before it. And so it's not something you can do part-time. It, like full salvation, requires commitment and an individual who realizes it is not only the most important thing, it's all that matters. This is why I refer to it as a quest and why I'm encouraging everyone to get on board this train the moment we leave the station. It's because we're going to make progress every week, moving everyone forward in their quest and further into the Father's will in a group environment. Besides this, we're going to implement the following programs and offices and more to ensure everyone is making steady progress. We'll have virtual Q&A sessions, individual and group coaching, counseling and mentoring centers, prayer and fasting groups, virtual book club, and supplementary materials. Now, along these lines, 
we will be tracking everyone's progress and dedicating ourselves to ensuring no one is left behind. You see, this is not an every man for himself ministry. This is a unified division of the invisible assembly of Yahushua Messiah. We are one and we are all going to make it. The question of the hour is, are you going to make it with us? If you answered yes, I promise this will be the biggest, most important decision you have ever made in your life. All you have to do is go to www.pinnacleofholiness.com backslash next and register for the Quest for Holiness, Perfection, and Everlasting Life 2022. After you do, you receive an email from me, D.L. Anderson, the packet of information you'll need to get ready for what will be one of the most critical years in the history of our world. The Spirit has revealed this to me, and I will share it with you at the appointed time. Now, in summary, today we discussed the truth concerning predestination, the law of human free will, what it means to be chosen, our destiny, our target audience, and the next step. Now, this concludes our feature week. I appreciate everyone who took the time to look into our ministry, and I thank the Father Elohim for what he has wrought and for the salvation that lies ahead for those he has called and are choosing to be chosen. Amen.